Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Crushing It podcast. We'll call it the Crushcast. This is our first one out of a planned 750. And we have two objectives here. It is to learn about our people and then to learn something. So our first guest is Chris Noonan. He has been with EQH since 1987. Currently serves as the president of Gamma, multi-year president trophy winner in Texas, an amazing leader, and an extraordinary all-around person. So next up, we've got Chris Noonan. Enjoy. You know, having a dad who's a financial advisor, he saw in me what I was capable of doing, and a district manager who didn't give up on me. He saw I was doing all the inherent things. The great thing is, is if I fast forward to my first full year in 1988, uh, I made 65000 So you turned it big time, and you believed because of your father, and you were coachable, and he had a strong district manager. But so what clicked? How did you go from 4000 to 65? Like what Was there one or two key things that changed for you? Yeah, for sure. Um, it was my dad pulling me aside after three months of working hard 12-hour days and starting to show up at the house at 5 o'clock. And he pulled me aside and he said, son, come here. He said, look. If you want to be successful in this business, you have to work hard first and then figure out how to work smart. Hard looks like long hours. So you work 12 to 14 hours a day, Monday through Thursday, Friday till 6, and you put in six hours in the weekend. He said, if you do that for the next three years, I'll guarantee you a six-figure income. So that was like the turning point for me. He says, put the time in and then figure out what to do with the time. That was a big game changer. And did it start to click fairly shortly thereafter? It did because, you know, then it really was all about the activity, keeping activity first. Um, you know, we had a commitment, my district manager and I, to make 100 dials a day. So yep. if I had no appointments, one dial was worth one point. I had to have 100 points in the course of a day. And by virtue of just seeing enough people, you ultimately will be successful. Yeah. So it became daily execution. Absolutely. So now, can you walk us through the transition to Texas from Michigan and then the move into leadership? What drove that? Yeah, it goes back to somebody seeing something in me that I didn't see in myself. And so Bill Millar was the branch manager, and he retired from Michigan in 1988. And he was going down to Texas to consult. And he said, look, Noonan, I'm going down there. I'm bringing in a whole new leadership team. And I'm bringing a guy from San Diego who was the number one frontline manager in the company, number one DM in 87 and 88. And he said, look, I think you two will connect. Come down, meet him. And I said, I'm really not interested in moving. And just got my business yeah, launched, geez. right? Uh, but I did. I picked up and I went down there. And when I met him, I was like, man, this guy has transferable systems. He has a blueprint for success. His track record is that he could hire great people, keep them in the business, and do it at high per capita incomes. So, man, I picked up and I moved. And I went down there and I started from scratch. I was given no clients and literally rebuilt. Like, was that a tough decision? Oh, yeah, because you had to leave everybody. Yep. I was down there. I knew nobody yeah. all by myself. Um, but fortunately, you know, I think through that perseverance and that commitment from others, seeing something in me, it helped me weather that storm. That first full year in Dallas, not having one client when I got there or one person to supervise, I made a six-figure income and broke out Jeez. as a manager. NLC yeah. and broke out yeah. as a manager. Yeah. 
So that was transformative. Transformative. Making that move put you in a totally different place. Sometimes you have to do something different and go somewhere else to get a different outcome. It was burn the boats, man. Yeah. Yeah. It just, no, failure wasn't an option. Now let's fast forward to today. I've seen you present uh, scores of times. And one of the things that always strikes me is goal orientation, where you've actually done presentations on having 100 goals. So where did you find that and where are you on that journey? And if you were going to teach people about it, what's their first step? Yeah, so, you know, it, it's one of those where uh, if you don't have a goal in mind, it's like, well, how are you ever going to get anywhere? And so fortunately, I had somebody teach me goal setting early out of the gate. And the first aha moment was with Mark Victor Hansen. Yep. The author, one of the authors of Chicken Soup for the Soul. Yep. He was at a conference and he put up his 101 lifetime goals. And he said, look, be creative. Think outside the box of whatever might be possible. And so that was back in the early 90s, and Jeff Moore, uh, one of my business partners, and I took the challenge. And we literally came up with 101 lifetime goals. Now, what's happened is that has evolved over time, where it's now over 200 mm. goals on that list, of which over 180 are done. Dude, time to re-up. Oh, definitely <laughs> re-upping. Uh, but there's some pretty hefty ones. Yeah. Yeah, so they include... Well, there's income goals, there's net worth goals, but there's bigger, more important goals. And it's literally around, you know, the, the goals are now oriented around faith, family, friends, fitness goals, yeah. finance, fun, and future. Okay, you didn't just make that up. Like, that's, those are seven core elements. They are seven you. core elements. Yeah. And I've had beautiful people around me, like Tim Schmidt, who wrote the book, What Really Works, yeah. um, who is, really talks about the seven Fs, and those being instrumental in how we guide our life. So a lot of it's oriented around that. So, And this is a systemic process for you. Like, visiting those seven Fs is something that I'm aware you do with people that you coach weekly. Yes. And you'll, so what does that process look like? Well, one is finding out what's really important to people. And when we're clear about what's important and we're aligned on that, then literally we make life work. So if we, we feel if we get the person right, right, we'll get the business right. And the person starts with their faith, their family, their friends, their fitness. And, you know, we have to figure out where fun is in there and the future is in there. Yeah. Finance will take care of itself. I'm going to put that as, you know, the business piece. Yeah. So literally, I'll get somebody's weekly reflection. We'll look at the seven Fs, and I'm not going to their activity last week. I'm going to the fact here that um, on the fitness front, they've had every intention of working out for the past month, but they haven't been doing it. There's a habit issue there. Yeah. I feel like if there's a habit issue there, there's a habit issue relative to their ability to do the business and make the phone calls. So we're going to get this health piece right, and at the same time we get the health piece right, we'll get the business piece right. When I watch you, what I'm astounded by is not only how much you get done, but how much there is in your life. Your commitment to family, your commitment to your wife Janet, your commitment to community, to your faith, and to travel. It's amazing. Mm. I mean, what, how, what you've been able to do in stacking your life. So how do you manage the juggle? How do you keep it all together? Thank you for asking and, and uh, you know, making that blend work. Um, so early on in my life, I was trying to maintain balance, you yeah. know, where everything was equal. And what I found is uh, burnout. Um, you really can't be 100% equal in everything. So as I listen to you, as always, when you talk to somebody that is getting things done, it's never magic. There's always a system. There's always a process. There's always consistent rigor and execution. 
And that's something that you've coached others on. And so if somebody's hearing this and they feel overwhelmed, like what guidance would you give that person? How do they get started? How do they start putting this blend together and maybe move out of overwhelm? Yeah, it's easy to get overwhelmed. First, to be able to go in, take your seven Fs and score them, how you feel you're doing. So it's on a scale of one to 10. And then take each category and say, what's the one thing that I can do that's going to move the dial in that category? Take the three that are the lowest score and make a commitment to move the dial in those over the course of the next week. And so literally setting aside some time every weekend to go in and reflect on that past week, how well did I do? What are my challenges? And then in the upcoming week, what can I do different to move those dials? Yeah. And as long as we have this awareness, um, yeah. we can start to take control of our life versus have our life run us. It's not a total overhaul. No. Minor no, adjustments. No, no. Minor, minor adjustments. Yep. All right. Closing question. As you look at the near future into the intermediate future, what are you most excited about? Um, doing life with people. So for me, every day, waking up, knowing that we've got literally um, the opportunity to impact other people's lives. And if we can go on a journey with that person and help them achieve their best self on the journey, man, by giving, we get. So let's help others go on this journey and literally be the best version of themselves. That's that what so excites awesome. me. And you've had that impact on me and literally thousands of others. Chris Noonan, thank you very thank much. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, brother. Good, huh? I could listen to him all day. That was not rehearsed unbelievably smooth. So putting the time in, someone saw something in me. Burn the boats, 101 lifetime goals, and then finally blend over balance. Hope you found some value here, folks. Get after it. Crush it. Thanks. Thanks.